This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 114. Get more online clients. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Make it rain. It's Jason Lynette here with an all business and some hypnotic strategy session here with you today, all the way up to 114. And in this session here today, we're going to chat a little bit about how it is you can grow your business far beyond your local environment. So the mechanisms of not just how to get these clients, but also what technologies you should be aware of, some best practices to throw into this. And I'd sort of kick this off. Off before we jump into the content with a bigger picture perspective, that if you go back about 10 years ago, perhaps, this would be a category that maybe would even be in the realm of science fiction. Things were still getting better. Technologies were not quite there yet. And now, honestly, I feel we're in an environment where this is just kind of a given. Now, of course, this is venturing into some territory that some people will have strongly held opinions about. There are some who would say that this is perhaps one of the best ways to work with clients. And there are others who would say this perhaps would not be the best way to address things. Though, it's from my position nowadays as somebody who used to be violently against the idea to now be a wonderful supporter of it. Uh, at one point, you know, the idea that maybe we shouldn't do this, but now absolutely we should. So if we have the mechanism to help somebody and if this fits into their realm of what they're comfortable with using, then absolutely I feel it's just as viable. Uh, I can bring the story back to one of the private groups that I run inside of uh, Hypnotic Business Systems and somebody was asking the question about what is it uh, that you do to the process to make it more effective since, quote, Skype sessions don't work as well as live sessions. And I had to take that moment and address it just from the question that, well, who says they are? You know, what is that lost performative in that statement? Who is it that says that this technique is not as effective? It kind of goes back to the statement around hypnotic audio programs. And yes, we're a community. And even at one point in my history, I may have been guilty of saying that the recorded session is not as effective. Though again, from the perspectives that I really want you to make use of, instead, ask the question, how do I make that work even better? So consider the fact that your client is in the comfort of their own home, in the comfort of their own office, in the environments where they're going to be making the change. And don't you start to see some of the openings that we can start to insert hypnotic suggestion, that we can start to make use of hypnotic interventions to make the changes in the environments while they're already in the environments. So before we jump into the content, I'd encourage you to head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. This is the entire digital access to my hypnosis business training library. The mechanisms of not just what to do, but also how to do it. Done for you marketing campaigns that are all ready to go and ready to start helping you to profit in your own hypnotic business. Check that out at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's jump right in. This is session number one. 114 get more online clients 
And away we go. Here we go. It's going to be a short and sweet session this week as the mechanisms, the strategies, as well as some of the business tips are actually extremely straightforward. And in fact, I'm going to save one of the best pieces of business advice I can share with you to get more online clients toward the end of the session. So stick through towards the end. Before we jump into everything, though, let's talk a little bit about platforms. What are the technologies? What are the softwares that you're going to be making use of? Uh, in terms of the different software that's out there, really, I'm going to play my usual strategy by only talking about the ones that I can comfortably endorse. Yes, there are many other platforms that are out there, though without having vetted them myself, I'm only going to talk about the ones that I have personally made use of. Starting off with the king, let's talk about Skype. I am on Skype nearly every day of my life, whether it's uh, doing video chat with my kids and my parents, uh, whether I'm doing my private consulting, whether I'm working with clients in the format of what we're talking about here today. And simply put, here are some tips and tricks that I found to be helpful in terms of working through Skype. Skype, of course, is a free platform, although I have found that by paying for the monthly subscription to Skype, which is so ridiculously low that I don't remember exactly what it is. It actually did help to boost my bandwidth, get a better quality connection, and add on some greater features inside of it too. Skype, of course, is compatible with your smartphone, with your tablet device, with your laptop, with your desktop, whether you're using an Apple computer or a Windows computer. Even if you don't know what Linux is, I'm pretty sure it works on Linux. It's one of those go-to softwares that I found just consistently works. Um, the metaphor that I've found, now this may be slightly out of date, though anecdotally I still find this to be the case, Skype is a straw, and only so much fits through the bandwidth of Skype in that connection. So the more software you have uh, running on your computer, the more it's going to bog down that network. So it's where traditionally, if I had to walk you through how I'm working with a client in a remote fashion... It begins with both of us on that screen share. Uh, they can see me, I can see them, though I tell them in advance, the moment we begin the session, I actually turn off my video feed. Of course, I keep the audio feed running, but I turn off that video feed because just, again, this may only be anecdotal, the sound quality I have found tends to increase when I'm not bogging down the connection trying to send video as well. This also really helped to eradicate the issue of dropped calls in my experience. Uh, it's helpful for me to see them. I can do the session if I can't see them, though my preference is that I can see them. Their video feed is still running. But again, once the actual close your eyes, let's begin the process begins, that's when I turn my video feed off. And again, this may only be anecdotal at this point, but I've typically found I get less dropped calls and a higher quality audio connection. Now, of course, Skype is not the only game in town. So you may have inferred by what I've mentioned so far, you're going to want some sort of device that can project uh, audio and video. And in most cases, this is where I'm just using my laptop. Uh, now, I found I get a better quality audio connection if I am plugging in some sort of external microphone, and the Blue Yeti microphone is my go-to. It is the microphone that I'm using right now. It's the one that I use to record my podcast. It plugs in via USB to my laptop, 
and it works amazingly well. And we'll put a link to uh, check that out on Amazon over at worksmarthypnosis.com. It's not absolutely necessary, not absolutely critical, though again, I found the audio quality is exponentially better when I plug in that external microphone. Again, the laptop, the computer itself, Windows, Mac, it really doesn't matter in my experience. Uh, in fact, as I do a lot of my process here, my two desktop computers, I've got a desktop at home, I've got a desktop here at the office, both of those are running Windows. And then nowadays, I actually have two laptops. Um, I've got a MacBook Pro, which is what I'm currently using right now. And then my sort of travel computer I picked up off of eBay recently, one of the 11-inch MacBook Airs. And honestly, I can transition from one device to another, one platform, one software to another, and you would never know the difference. It really doesn't matter anymore. Let's move on from that. So Skype tends to be the go-to for that mechanism. Uh, other options that are out there, in a pinch, I've actually used FaceTime, which FaceTime is the video chat platform from Apple. Again, it works on their computers, it works on the smartphone, it works on the tablet devices as well. I don't tend to prefer this one as much just because... It's just a little clunky. I'm not able to project as good of a quality audio, it seems. And uh, if I'm using Skype, I can use either Pamela, which is a software for Windows, if I want to record the session, or on a Apple computer, I can use Ecamm, E-C-A-M-M, -M, if I want to record the, the video or even the audio of that call as well. Uh, if I'm using, I'm sure there's software out there, but if I'm using either my iPhone or my tablet device, I, I, I just don't feel like getting the right frame of mind. I know it's a little simple clunky thing, but my preference is to not use FaceTime, though in a pinch, FaceTime will absolutely work. A newer platform that I've actually been making use of inside of my private communities is one simply called Zoom, Z-O-O-M. And Zoom is a video conferencing software. And what's nice about Zoom is if you really wanted to, you could set up a uh, password-protected connection. Um, I tend to find that most people don't have Zoom already installed on their computer. There is a software download. Uh, and I've found that it's just as good of a connection, though it's a little clunky if the person isn't too familiar with it. And again, as is my usual strategy, yes, I know I haven't mentioned every video software platform out there. These are the three that I've used, and honestly, they are given to you in the exact order of preference. Um, Zoom works phenomenally well. I know many people who are migrating away from uh, GoToWebinar, migrating away from Adobe Max, I think it was called, and moving towards Zoom. Um, I tend to like it for more smaller group type things, it absolutely works, and it's a great platform to check out. And again, links over at worksmarthypnosis.com. So let's move on now to a little bit more nuts and bolts in terms of getting more online clients, safety mechanisms. Safety mechanisms. Now, I have to thank Scott Giles for doing the research on this, which would be that at least this is the case if you are in the United States and you are insured by the American Professional Agency, which tends to be for my research, the go-to insurance company to have as a hypnotherapist working with clients, 
there was a question at one point in the National Guild of Hypnotists Facebook group, and someone made the assumption that they won't cover you if you're doing online sessions. And well, Scott actually reached out to them and sure enough, yes, they will. However, it kind of falls into the same categories as best practices of what you should be doing if you're working with clients, even in your own office, which is that have your clients complete a set of forms, which kind of goes without saying. I think you should be doing that in either case. In my Virginia hypnosis office, where I'm actually recording this right now, you will not be walked back into the office to actually do the hypnosis until the forms are completed. And I do that for many reasons. Uh, First of all, well, getting your benefits, getting your goals of getting into the session and doing the work, that's going to be vitally important for me to help you out. It's also going to show me motivation. It's going to be a step of compliance to get the process in the right direction. And on top of that, it's just giving me the consent to work with you and pointing out the standard uh, client bill of rights, you know, representing the fact that I am not a medical doctor. I'm not positioning myself as one and all the standard, I hate to use the phrase that I love, which is the get out of jail free card that is appropriate for all things hypnosis. Uh, In the words of Mark Twain, the man who always tells the truth never has to remember what he said. And in the world of hypnosis, as I would say, the person who doesn't make uh, unfounded claims doesn't have to back up the claims they didn't make in the first place. Simple example. I'm I'm teaching a self-hypnosis workshop years ago, and a man in the front row goes, you really expect me to believe that you're going to teach me everything about hypnosis in the next 90 minutes? To which I honestly just played dumb and said, I'm sorry if we gave you that expectation. I see you printed out the invite for this event. Could you point out where it gave you that expectation? Because clearly I did not. Uh, So then after that moment, wonderful guy, by the way, and turned out to be an outstanding private client and ended up taking a class as well. And I share that not to position it as a, ha ha, I am triumphant moment, but instead a place of just, again, if I'm not making the claims, I don't have to back them up. Um, So it's the position of do good work is really what it comes down to. So the safety mechanism is, again, have a very thorough set of office forms and have your clients sign them before the process begins. And in our modern era, yes, I actually still have a fax line, um, though I don't tend to use it that frequently and I'm considering getting rid of it. Honestly, mine is just a just an e-fax that I use through a company called Metrofax. I'm probably overpaying for this at $15 a month. Uh, Though it is a toll-free fax number, and when I work with schools, schools still fax, and sometimes dialing a long-distance number has been a concern, and that's why I still have that toll-free fax number. In most cases, people may scan them. People may even just snap a photo of them with their smartphone and email or even text them to the email address for my business. Um, It's increasingly easy to send something over. Um, I'm trying to remember whose story this was. I think it might have been Scott Sandland, uh, who, of course, was on the podcast last week, that somewhere on a DVD of his he put out years ago was the story of someone bringing in a referral slip from a doctor, and he snapped a a photo of it with his phone and handed the document right back. Uh, If you saw the recent, uh, what was it? the recent Rocky movie, though it wasn't called Rocky, I think. Uh, There's a great scene where the character just snaps a photo of the exercise programming and hands it back to Rocky. 
And that's how we work nowadays. We don't need the physical copy so much anymore. So have the client sign the forms and obtain them before the process begins, which I think is just a general best practices idea for everything that you do. Let's also talk about positioning the client. So my preference, again, is that I want to see the client during the process. This way I can set up some sort of idiomotor response mechanism, uh, a yes finger, a no finger, perhaps. So to position the client in such a way that I can see their hands, I can see their face, I can see them throughout the process and be able to confirm that they're actually interacting with the process that we're doing. Also establish the protocol of the process, which would simply be the mechanism of what if the call drops. Now, honestly, this is a category where I have been much too cautious in the past. And now if the entire process is about hypnotic suggestion, the simplest of a suggestion that I can give really has become the easiest of mechanisms. I used to do this whole thing of set your devices to do not disturb, which of course is a good idea. Um, you know, establishing the fact that if there's people in their home, they're going to be doing this session remotely for the next hour or so. Though really, here's my simple mechanism. If for at any reason you become aware consciously or unconsciously that our connection has dropped, you will immediately reopen your eyes, establish the connection once again, and we'll continue from where we left off. And really, that's as simple as I do it, and that's as simple as we work the process these days. It kind of goes back to that classic statement that it's only a mistake if you ever say whoops. And I did have someone recently I was working with that was in an area that the connection wasn't as robust as it could have been, and it was never a conflict because we never treated it as being a conflict. Remember, the hypnotic state is not as delicate as you would think it to be. It's only a distraction. It's only a mistake if you treat it as one. And honestly, it's a place where over the years working with clients here in the office, you know, maybe it's getting into uh, the seasons of the year where people would have the sniffles and the client who's repeatedly apologizing, going, I'm sorry, I have to keep blowing my nose. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. It's a place where I can look at them and say, I, I've told you so far, it's really not an issue. If I was concerned, I would let you know. And as simple as that statement is, suddenly now it's no longer a concern. It's no longer a conflict. We do need to take a moment here and talk about something which perhaps is the reason why most people who would be opposed to this working remotely format may be opposed to it. And it's the concept of dealing with ab reactions. Dealing with ab reactions, uh, which would be a noticeable emotional reaction to something inside of the process of hypnosis, either a revivified experience or the experience of just something in the process triggers some emotional reaction. The classic ab reaction management, full credit to Jerry Kine, the scene fades and you tend to your breathing, tends to be the standard here. Though, honestly, it's a place where I think the conversation of ab reactions, while it is an absolutely serious one, it is a little overblown. It is something that doesn't happen as frequently as we're often led to have the fear of it. Now, of course, there's different categories of ab reaction. There is the practitioner-driven ab reaction. So maybe you as the hypnotic practitioner are bringing up that emotional state 
maybe perhaps of some sort of affect bridge to ride it in some form of regression process. Maybe you're looking to toggle it up and down the same way that some of the hypnotists who would work with chronic pain would bring the level of discomfort up to then immediately bring it right back down to prove a center of control involving that, to even just simply fractionate it and break down the structure of how real that feeling would be. Though it's a place where, again, if you have the concern of that, you could do the standard establish a safe place and bring them to that safe place wherever appropriate. Though, again, it's a serious conversation, though it's one that as I really interact with hypnotic professionals, it's not as frequent as an experience as would often be. Still a very serious thing, though again, the classic scene fades and you tend to your breathing, or by establishing a center of control and toggling it up, toggling it down, tends to be the effective thing from my school of thought too. So now that we have the platforms, the softwares, the technologies, the safety mechanisms in place, Let's get to the good stuff, the business side. First of all, pricing, pricing. I've heard some people who actually price their remote sessions less than they do their live sessions. And if that strategy works for you, by all means, keep it up. Though honestly, my sessions are priced the same no matter whether you're in the room with me or whether you're at home. Whether I'm here in my office or I'm working with you remotely from my own home, why? because my time is my time. So my service is my service. So my sessions do not carry any different pricing structure, whether you're here with me in the room physically breathing the same air, or whether you're somewhere else. And I really encourage you to think the same way. Otherwise, you know, it, it, you may be surprised to find out that as much as I have clients who are around the world, on other coasts, in other countries, in other time zones, I have some people that, again, I tend to be very, very strict about my hours. Uh, I'm in the office Tuesday through Friday, and I'm here in the office from about 10 in the morning till about 5.30 in the afternoon. The exception would sometimes be that directly by way of referral, perhaps, or maybe for extenuating circumstances, you know, here's a client that I worked with recently that is over in the Middle East, and the time zone is about an eight-hour difference, I believe. Uh, this is the benefit of on my smartphone, I have the world clock set up and I can be able to look in there. And this is the brother of a previous client of mine that I had referred to someone in his area, just wasn't a match. And finally, it was the, he really wants to work with you. And I'm making it work with this individual. Uh, I'm a morning person. And the time zones work out that when it's about five in the morning, my time, uh, when I'm getting up, it's about maybe two in the afternoon, his time. And then my kids usually are waking up around 7.30, 7.45. So we've occasionally done a session at 6 a.m. my time and uh, whatever that is in his time, early afternoon. So I made the time work. So again, many of them are long distance, though surprisingly, not all of them are. The Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area is known for having hideous traffic. And I have some clients, more of an ongoing basis, that perhaps are uh, as close as Arlington, Virginia. Now, on a map, that's 10 miles away. On 395, that's an hour away, especially if it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, I even have local clients that I work with remotely. Now, if I had to give you a preference inside of this, 
I would prefer to have the first session live and in person. So I'm in the Alexandria, Virginia area. Sometimes the phone rings and it's someone maybe from Virginia Beach, which is four hours away. Maybe they're from Richmond, which is two hours away. Maybe they're in Baltimore, which is an hour away. York, Pennsylvania, which is maybe two and a half hours away. Or even New York, which is upwards of four or five hours away. Chicago, which is, you got to fly it. So... I would prefer the first session be live, though again, I don't ever position this as a deal breaker. This next statement is kind of a bigger picture perspective of all things hypnosis, which is that if you give a reason why it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Nocebo is just as real as a phenomenon as placebo. So it's so easy for someone to play the game of, oh, I couldn't play the audio program you sent me and that's why I smoked. Oh, I couldn't do this. And this was a difficulty. So again, it becomes this challenge that if you position the reason why it's not going to work, that's going to be the case. So it's where a little bit of careful language is going to be the ideal suggestion framework. So, you know, many people find a lot of great value in doing the session live and in person the first time, though, if you'd feel more comfortable working from your own home or office, that's just as good. So very clearly, I'm stacking the first one as being the preference, though I'm not going to let it fall prey to the game of because you're not here in the room with me, damn it, it's not going to work. No, not at all. So again, platforms, safety, pricing, preference, let's jump into making that phone ring, getting the emails coming in, how do you get these clients? The number one strategy I can share with you, I'm actually going to wait till the end for the number one strategy. But the number two strategy, if I had to give you one, is just simply referrals from past clients. You've probably had this experience if you've already been working in hypnosis for quite some time. Hey, this is going wonderfully well and my sister in Colorado is looking for a hypnotist. Who would you recommend? And it's where, again, I'm going to give an either or, but stack the deck in the favor of one strategy which would simply be, well, I know several people out in Colorado who are outstanding. However, I do work with clients all around the world and we can be just as effective, if not more, working in a remote fashion, either via Skype or some other sort of video conferencing software. And to simply say that now, that business is mine. And I'm not opposed to referring out. Again, I've got past students out in Colorado I can refer to. I've got other hypnotists that I know who have even been on this program that I can refer to. I am not opposed to sending that business out. Though again, the back to go back and listen to the session last week about uh, with, with Scott Sandlin where we talked about expectation and the ritual of the process. If they're coming in by way of the referral that my sister Susan was so effective with you, how much more effective can we be to be the same person working with that family member as well? So as referrals come in, you know, it's a very common experience. My brother in Florida, my best friend in Canada, to, to be in that position where you can be that go-to solution with these individuals as well. Now, that being said, it's not a match for everybody. It's not a match for everybody. Not everybody has the technical savviness to uh, log on to a software and connect and make it work. Um, so if it's not a match, you know, it's a place where I will make the referral, make the reference if I can. 
though there are sometimes moments where I just simply have to tell somebody I do not directly know someone in that area, though when you find someone that is a help for you, let me know so I can meet them. So letting the conversation lead positively. The next strategy that I would share would be that of simply referral sites. Now, referral sites are a very, very small category in terms of your business, though it's one that, honestly, I don't run one of my own, so this isn't a plug for that, though there are some different hypnotic protocols out there that people who have trained in that specific system have referral networks that are set up. So the easiest one I can refer to is Virtual Gastric Band. Sheila Granger actually runs, even whether they've been trained by Sheila, whether I've trained them as well, I'm a licensed uh, instructor of that protocol for Sheila, she runs an ongoing virtual reference site. So people can look up if they're looking for that exact service, and they can connect with people in their area. So in most cases, these are wonderfully reasonable in terms of their expense. I believe Sheila's cost about a hundred a year. Uh, I'm a I'm listed on the NGH network. Of course, they run that for free within their membership. There's also a premium option for the National Guild of Hypnotists, which is their NGH network or NGH Connect. I forget the name off the top of my head. Which, if you look on there, that is a paid spot that I am paying. Um, which is more than fair because I'll tell you right now, running websites cost money. So to have your information posted somewhere where people will find you absolutely is an effective strategy. You know, even down to, I haven't personally done psychologytoday.com, though I know many people in my communities have been successful with that. It's worth looking into. Though again, different referral sites that are out there. If I remember correctly, I believe even Roy Hunter, I think, has one that he runs and manages. So uh, Richard Nongard has one too. So as you train and as you're certified through different organizations, different protocols, this is a thing to be aware of. And I get business from this relatively frequently. And most of them end up becoming referrals that are coming in that are ending up becoming online clients. If I had to share with you the number one strategy, well, we'll get to that one later. Let's give this one the number three strategy though, which would be to publish content. Again, to think of a hypnotic sales funnel. This is not a concept that's original to me, though it's a concept that, again, many people are making use of in terms of growing the business um, and in many ways letting this become that strategy to uh, become known, to position yourself as the expert within a specific niche. So one such mechanism that clearly I'm a huge fan of is podcasting. Now, of course, the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast is a podcast that goes specifically to the hypnosis community. It's kind of funny that I've had several clients actually say, oh, I found your podcast online. I, I don't think I was the audience for it. And clearly, they're not. Uh, they're welcome to listen to it. There's no secrets being revealed inside of this. Everything's wide open and easily learned in the hypnotic profession. Though, again, the positioning of having a podcast is one that positions you as the expert within a niche. So several of my students inside of Hypnotic Business Systems, we have a whole business module all about how to launch your podcast, how to organize your content, how to get it out there, how to get guests on there as well. And the simple mechanism of having that out there 
is part of this funnel system to have people interacting with you remotely and then reaching out to you as part of that core offer to get that service, to get that help. So it's where I can honestly tell you inside of my business mechanisms, there are certain things that I don't spend a lot of time marketing, but I spend a lot of time doing. And the podcast is part of the reason why that has come to be. So whether it's private consulting, whether it's uh, being hired to run the marketing for various hypnosis trainings and different conventions, this is honestly not a service that I have outwardly promoted, though because of this program, because of the ongoing content that I publish and the work that I do, it positions me as the person who knows how to do that. And I do that in these groups who hire me get results by doing that. Similar to that, you can also be, if you don't want to launch your own program, consider the mechanism of doing a guest appearance. So there's various services that are out there to track down health and wellness uh, related podcast, coaching podcast. This kind of goes into the same category, you know, change out the word podcast for another platform, whether it's blogging, whether it's guest blogging, whether it's publishing an article uh, on a website online or a news platform somewhere else, that the moment you put the information out there, it has a life onto its own just to simply get into the media of some sorts and position your services in a way that you can provide that service, whether they're there in the room live or not. So with that, let's actually jump into my very favorite mechanism to get more online clients. As I've done private consulting, as I've done uh, managing the uh, private group that's inside of hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, the number one strategy may surprise you how devilishly simple it actually is. Simply put it on your website. There you go. It really is as simple as that. To simply put the mechanism out there, to simply put the offer out there, sessions available live in my office or remotely via Skype tends to be the given language. And as simple as that statement becomes, now it has a life onto its own. Because there are people, now the name of my business is Virginia Hypnosis. Now, even with that name over the years, here has been the client who calls me up. There was one specific one from Arizona who didn't understand that I wasn't down the road from her. And I said, you realize the name of my business is Virginia, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's locations on every page. So there will be people who sometimes don't read the fine print or the name of the business as that story goes. And to simply put that out there, that your website does have a life far beyond just a local Google search. It has a global reach. And to simply put that on your website, whether it's big and bold, whether it's a specific drop-down menu, whether it's um, you know inside of the business communities that I run, I talk about the ultimate navigation bar. And if you want to see a good example of this, go over to virginiahypnosis.com. To have the navigation bar of your website highlight your big two or three services, and then the next tab over is other. So in the case of mine, my big three services are hypnosis training, stop smoking, lose weight. And the next tab over says other services, and that's a drop-down menu. If you want to do more online sessions, you know, put that as one of your big two or three in that navigation bar. Hey, put it as the first sentence, the headline of your website, because if you position your business to be a brick and mortar business, you're going to run a brick and mortar business. 
And if you position your business to be a remote business, then you're going to be running a remote-based business. So the option is yours. And as simple as that is, as I've worked with people, as I've given that recommendation and they followed through on it, suddenly the phone rings and, hey, I see you're actually about 45 minutes away, but I'd prefer to work remotely. Is that all right? Why, yes, of course it is. So if you build it, they will come, tends to be a nice little strategy inside of this. Let them know it's an option. You know, the same way that the real estate industry is a big fan of the little quote, I'm never too busy for your referrals, which is silly, but it works because people now know you're open for referrals and the position on your website, the option, the option of either live and in person or remotely from your own home or office to simply put the option out there. Now people will make that decision and go, that's what I want. At its core, a bigger picture idea before we wrap up here today, hypnotic contract, hypnotic expectation, that as you position this as being that normal everyday service that you offer, and granted, I'll tell you comfortably, there are certain categories where this is so much better of an option. You know, uh, I can reference, again, I've mentioned him already, a person like Scott Giles, who I had on the program previously. And I believe we actually talked about this topic when he was on here, that working with someone in some sort of ongoing care, maybe they're homebound as they're healing from a surgery, to deny that person the option rather than work with them in a format that can be just as effective, if not more effective, I feel is actually our ethical obligation to help that individual to work with a person who is remote and far away from you. But again, by way of the hypnotic expectation, you are clearly the person who can help them out. By all means, make it work. So this has been session number 114, Get More Online Clients. I'd love to hear your feedback on this, to hear what types of strategies you are finding to be effective of getting more clients in this format, what sort of best practices you are folding into your business, into your sessions to make this work just as well, if not better. Share your comments over on the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Share your feedback over on Facebook with the various postings for this as well. This is Jason Lynette. Make it rain. Hey, it's Jason here one last time. And as always, to grow your hypnosis business, head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. This is hypnosis business in a Netflix format. On-demand streaming access, it's choose your own adventure hypnotic business training. So do you want to learn how to Facebook market the smart way? If that's the case, head on over there. Do you want to go out into your local community and do networking and give live talks in a format that actually makes the dollars come in? Check out Hypnotic Business Systems. Do you want to branch your business into these wonderful frontiers of the online world? In that case, you're going to learn all about my webinar strategies, my podcasting strategies. It's instant access to everything for just $47. Join today, Hypnotic Business Systems. Com. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.